ShareCare is the leading online health and wellness engagement platform, providing millions of consumers with a personal, results-oriented experience by connecting them to the most qualified health resources and programs they need to improve their health. It's time now for ShareCare Radio on RadioMD.com. Here's your host, Dr. Daria. Oh, it's Dr. Daria. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to Share Care Radio. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to do some questions from our guests about skincare and beauty. We're going to have guests from Grannies on Safari talking about travel at all ages and also going to have a discussion about healthy school lunches, healthy school eating, breakfast, lunch, snacks. What do you do for your children and the little kids in your life so that you could actually have some sanity too and make sure they're eating something healthy? So let's just dive right in. Remember, anything you miss, you can find it on sharecare.com backslash radio MD. And also while you're there, hop on over to Sharecare, take the real age test, get some personalized health information for yourself. So our first question is what is the correct way to use sunscreen? So this is something that always comes up because sunscreen is great for you to use it, but you have to use it appropriately. It's kind of like having a seatbelt in your car. If you're not wearing it appropriately across your lap and your chest, or just not using it at all, it's not going to do you any good. So sunscreen, first of all, you need to make sure that you're using enough. That's about a shot glass full of sunscreen for your entire body and about the size of a, you know, a a garbanzo bean or maybe a little bit larger for your face. And you have to make sure you're applying it sufficiently regularly. So you have to reapply. So let's look at how you apply. First of all, put it on about 20 minutes before you go outside, especially 20 minutes before if you're going to be going in the water, because you really want that to be able to sink in. Number two, you have to reapply. Even the best sunscreen, when they say SPF 45, they mean that that will be effective for that it'd be at that level of SPF of 45 for only about an hour and a half to two hours. That's the same for all levels of sunscreen. You have to reapply, especially if you're out in the direct heat. I use it, I think of it as a really good way to take a little bit of a break, especially if you're out at the beach or outside with kids. After an hour and a half, it's a really good idea to give them, bring them in, get a little bit of water, something to drink, let them cool down put on the sunscreen, and let them go back out. Also, what kind of sunscreen you use is important. I really like, and talking to a lot of my dermatologist friends, most of them advise starting off that very first base of the day with a lotion or cream sunscreen. Sprays can seem easier, but for one, kids can inhale them, and they can actually really irritate the lungs and their breathing system. But also, they just don't necessarily get you the same coverage. So start off with lotion or cream the first time, and then if you need to or your child is older and they're not going to be breathing in the spray, you can do the spray as a touch-up during the day. I also like to stick to SPF 30 or above and make sure that it is saying broad spectrum. So those are the the big things. Make sure you're using enough of it. Make sure you're reapplying and applying early enough. Make sure you take little breaks to reapply and make sure you use a high enough SPF and broad spectrum. There you go, and you'll be safe with your family. Keep your all sun healthy. Don't forget also about some of the other SPF options you have, like hats and uh, SPF shirts. I just bought an SPF shirt for my daughter. You will find all the SPF clothing is really on sale right now because we're ending the summer. So buy some now. You can buy it for next year. You'll be set. So our next question, keeping with our theme of healthy beauty, is about retinoids and why should I use them? So back in the 1980s when they were looking at retinoids, or you may know by the brand name Retin-A, they were looking at it for a treatment for acne. But then they found that the people on whom they were testing it also had really great skin from minimizing wrinkles as well. 
So you discovered that it has this other effect because retinoids prevent the collagen breakdown and they stimulate skin turnover in addition to reducing acne. So they're really great all around for skin. Every dermatologist I talk to says that if you do two things, it needs to be using sunscreen and using a retinoid. Now, where do you get them? The most effective ones are going to be those that you get over prescription by a prescription from your dermatologist or you know whatever doctor is able to prescribe it. The prescription ones, typically, if you're older than 25 to 30, insurance will likely not pay for it. So, you know, they can tend to be a little bit expensive, a couple hundred dollars. But effectively, that usually usually lasts you about three months, and it's super effective. And so when you consider that it's going to last you that long and that it'll be more effective, it's usually more cost-effective than buying this stuff over-the-counter. If you do want to buy it over-the-counter, you can. It's in the form of retinol, which is the inactive form. So it's not going to be as effective. It's not going to penetrate as deeply, but you can find those options on uh, over-the-counter just in your local drugstore. One thing I wa- always tell everybody is that when you use retinoids, you will likely have some peeling. That's very common, and that's kind of the first thing you have to get through. You get a little get through peeling for the first couple of weeks, and then you start to have what dermatologists call that retinoid glow. When you have, if you have a lot of peeling, you can do a couple things. One, you can use like a, a Clarisonic or a face brush or something to get help get rid of the flakes. Also, cut it back. Only use it about every other day. Make sure you're only using it on dry skin because if you use retinoids on wet skin, you will increase the sensitivity and irritation. And make sure you're only using a pea size amount for your whole face. It does not take a lot. That'll help. If it's really bothering you, you can always talk to your doctor that prescribed it and see if there's a lower percentage you can use and start off. Now, this next question is about what type of moisturizer should I be using? There are so many moisturizers out there. They are from super cheap to, I don't know, what's in some of the ones that I've seen before in drugstores with stem, not drugstores, in department stores with stem cells and active ingredients. And honestly, when I talk to my dermatology friends, they say don't waste your money on the really, really expensive ones because a lot of them don't have ingredients that are really going to be effective. They say if you're going to buy an expensive moisturizer and said take that money and spend it on a prescription retinoid, you're going to have a lot better effect. So you do want to have a good moisturizer. My dermatologist friend, Dr. Amy Kim, we had a recent segment with her, so you can catch that on last week's episode with Dr. Amy Kim. She's just a big fan of oil of Olay or Neutrogena. Cetaphil is another one that dermatologists like. It is great to use a moisturizer and really keep that keep your skin nice and hydrated, but you don't need to go overboard because a lot of the claims and a lot of the more expensive ones just haven't been proven. So our next question was from one of our listeners and said, okay, what are some other health and beauty treatments I should be doing? You know, in addition to sunscreen and retinoids, I see all these different things at medical spas, as a dermatologist, should I be doing them? So you've probably heard of peels, lasers, microdermabrasion, there's a variety of them. And they can be, some of them can be kind of interchangeable. Chemical peels and lasers, both of these, if you're going to get them done, I really advise that you go to a dermatologist or somebody very, very trained in them because the really medium depth peels and lasers can, if used by somebody who doesn't understand what they're doing, you know, in, cause injury or damage. So a chemical peel, you know, Dr. Kim says you should use these usually around two to four times a year. You use it ongoing and it helps with your skin texture and tone. Now, the downside of it is that uh, for a few days after you get the peel, you're going to look like you had a bad sunburn. You may get some flaking, and you have to avoid the sun. So she's a big fan of doing it in the fall and winter when you're not going to be getting as much sun exposure. 
Then you also can use, or you can use lasers. You don't need to do peels and lasers necessarily. Lasers, you don't have to do as frequently. You maybe start with two in one year and then you can do them periodically after that. But they are definitely a lot more expensive. Now, with lasers, you may see deeper improvement of those really deep lines. Some of them are just mild and can be more interchangeable with peels. There's also microdermabrasion. When I talked to Dr. Kim and another dermatologist friend of mine, Dr. Brian Raphael, they said that those are great, maybe a little bit of glowing, but they're not going to give you the same effect as a peel or a laser. So you can find more of this information, again, from my interview with Dr. Amy Kim. And then I interviewed both of them for my Busy Women's Guide blog, and you can find that at sharecare.com backslash Dr. Daria if you want to read that article. Now, what are some other things you can do in addition to all these things I mentioned? There's a few things you can do just lifestyle. Number one, hydration and exercise are both going to be really good. Get increased circulation to your face and your skin and everywhere else to make you look beautiful. Also, you may want to consider sleeping on your back if you can. People who sleep on one side repetitively tend to have really deep lines that form on that side. So dermatologists recommend doing that, sleeping on your back. You may be able to find some silk or satin pillows that are for sale in a variety of places. Those theoretically cause less friction on your skin, which is going to reduce the chance of wrinkles. Just something to try. I don't. It's not really proven, but it's something that you can try. And always wash your skin before bed to keep any buildup from building up on your face and damaging your complexion. That's all the time we have for today. Remember, for more healthy beauty information, check out some of our articles at ShareCare.com or follow us at ShareCare Inc. on Twitter. And feel free to tweet your questions to us. You're listening to ShareCare Radio on Radio MD, available at ShareCare.com backslash Radio MD. Oh, 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 oh